0: Ooh, do we have a good one today. I'm sitting down with Laura King, a woman of God who has 15 years of experience helping thousands of people follow their passion and find success in their careers and their lives. Laura is passionate about helping you discover and connect your true inner purpose. So today we're sitting down and talking about how you can align your behaviors and your vision with God's calling and purpose on your life. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle every area of life, career, faith, motherhood, loss, fitness, fashion, health, and more. Girl, we're going to meet you right where you're at, right where you need it. Keeping you one step ahead of the devil, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Come on, girl. Let's get it. Hello. Welcome to Faith Inspired Podcast. I'm so excited today. I have Laura King with me. She is a fabulous woman of energy. Um, She is a mom of four boys who are also full of attentive energy, as I know I have a little boy myself as well. Um, She is a rock star marketer, rock star recruiter, and just a woman of faith who has a drive and a passion for purpose and fulfilling purpose um, in other people's lives so Laura I gave a little bit of a snippet about my vision or my version of um, how I view you can you give a little background on yourself so um, the listeners can understand who's who's talking today
1: perfect I think that is um, beautiful what you said I mean for I always lead with I'm a mama of four boys I mean that's my that's my heart right there I'm my, my mission is to raise kind men in this world. And I've got um, now an almost one-year-old, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and an eight-year-old. So needless to say, it's, it's a busy household. Um, but the, the fun thing about my career um, is that it has not been a straight line at all. And I think as we talk about purpose today, um, you know, Erica, I moved up to Minneapolis to work for Target as a business analyst, I despised my first job. And, and so as I think, look, reflect back on finding my purpose, there's a 23 year old me that had to shed so many things of what I was supposed to do and really started figuring out like, what do I want? And so I don't think we need to define ourselves by what we do. I think we mm-hmm. define ourselves by who we are. And my mission is to spread love. And my mission is to encourage as many people as possible. So I, 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 it's hard because I've been in this condition in this corporate world for so long. Like, Well, I'm an executive recruiter and I run the marketers community and I do this and I do that. And it's okay to say, I'm me mm-hmm. and I'm pretty awesome.
0: I love that. I love that. And that's kind of it's the same type of road that I've been going down as well. Can you um, give a little more um, visuals on kind of how you've been following your own purpose and the circumstances that you've experienced. So you mentioned Target, you started off at Target and that ended up being a job that you didn't envision, which I've definitely had that experience many times before. But um, I know we've talked about, you know, there was a a time when you were at another company and when you just had a child and you decided to make the leap. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, that and then um, kind of how your path has gone and the purpose you found with that?
1: Absolutely. And feel free to jump in at at any point because I've got lots of stories, Um, (laughs) lots of stories. So the whole target, I do want to say the target thing um, was I should have listened to my gut because um, everything in my bones said this is not right for you. And it was like the voice in my head that said, well, this is supposed to be, you're supposed to, after you graduate business school, you know, do the corporate thing. And um, I slipped into um, a really dark place and and suffered from anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. um, that caused me to um, actually have to take a medical leave of absence. So that was, that was um, as a 23 year old and then trying to figure out, okay, what do I actually want to be when I grow up? And um, I spent so much time working with with like career counselors and doing the introspection. And like many people, stumbled into recruiting. And so recruiting has been the the constant um, really throughout my career. And what's fitting about that is that it's really just figuring people out. Hmm. And I, I realized like that's that's the constant is I just love figuring people
0: out. And um, Are you are you a woo in the strike fighters? I'm not a woo. Oh, okay. I'm, an, I'm a total woo, but I would think that you would be a woo for sure.
1: I've em- the empathy, the um, activator, okay. um, communication, learning. and I always forget the fifth one. Um, but the, one of the things that we talked about was um, when I was, um, I left my, um, I had really built up a, a name and reputation for myself working at an executive search firm and placing marketers. And I really wanted to see what, you know, life could be like, um, not, I thought going to a corporate job would like be uh, not easier, but with three kids at the time, I just had my third child, like not as exhausting as having a hundred percent commission job because essentially as a recruiter, I was selling to bring in the business and I was selling to get the candidates. And so I um, was at this, this company, a really, really large company, and um, that's when I found out that I had hearing loss, like mm. very, very, very severe hearing loss. And then my son, um, at the time, um, we found out that he had a heart condition. And I just heard God say really, really clearly to me, like, Laura, you need to be home. Like, you need to be home with your family right now. And I had to non-compete. I was trying to wait out as well. And um, I listened. And during that time, it was so beautiful. I would never give that time back for for anything. Um, We were so lucky that we were able to make it work um, financially. And the outcome out of that was uh, I found out about a nonprofit that was trying to open up chapters in all the major metropolitan cities. And so... I helped raise $15,000 to open up um, a, it was called uh, Minneapolis Angels. Now it's, it's being renamed, but it was all about um, helping kids in the foster care system. And so I would have never had this amazing, amazing experience learning how to start a nonprofit if I hadn't been
0: obedient. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's so cool, Laura. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And what a great organization and mission. I think I've had the same type of experience um, of having to leave a job myself. That also a big corporation um, loved it. Was a you know I was working with stakeholders. Um, it was a high stress environment, but it was a dream job. It was a dream job that you know every that I thought everyone would want. You know, good pay, good, great boss, great um, coworkers. Uh, you know, I had clients that my, my, my workload, you know, was millions and millions of dollars. Um, and so the CEO of the organization, excuse me, organization knew of my clients and what I was working on. And so, I mean, it couldn't have been better except I was working 60 hours a week with an infant. And I literally remember sitting at my desk one day and just feeling like my body was black inside, just black inside. And, um, At that time, I had an opportunity to interview for a company, a really awesome company that has now gone public um, in California that was in Silicon Valley. And so I flew out on a Friday. And during the interview process, I thought literally like I thought I was breaking out in hives because as I was going through the interview process, I was like, I can't live this life. And it was like a once in a lifetime opportunity, amazing company. And I was already at this other amazing company and I called my husband, I'm alone in California and I called him and I just started bawling. And I said, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just, I can't do this anymore. And so I was by myself, took a taxi, like half hour back to my hotel by the airport because I had to spend the night alone and literally just like cried in my bed and had a glass of wine and like listened to like sermons. And (laughs) then (laughs) as I was getting onto the airplane, I just had this epiphany of like, I'm going to quit my job. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to quit my job. And this whole like weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I talked to my husband in that weekend. And then that next Monday I quit my job and, um, just taking that leap of obedience led me to this amazing, um, opportunity that I have right now and being a part of faith and gather. And so I hear you on that being obedient to God and listening to his calling, um, and the amazing things that he can do like create an organization that helps these children um, or in my case you know working for a medical startup company and then also um you know launching faith and gather so it's amazing what he can do when you're obedient and, and listening to him as well,
1: yeah, i would say listening because yeah. you know after i had started that organization it, it a couple months into it became very clear that while i had a great skill set to start and to bring all of the, the board of directors together and raise the money, I was going to be a terrible like day-to-day person. (laughs) (laughs) And so I needed to hand that off to someone who would thrive. Yeah. And and that, you know, it's like, it's okay to realize that there's a season for everything Mm -hmm. and, and it's okay to, uh, even though you quote unquote birthed a baby, you could hand it over. Yeah. To someone who might be able to nourish, nourish something better than you could.
0: Yeah, that's so good. So good. Okay. So we've talked about, you know, the obedience part. Um, your passion really is helping people find purpose in their life. And that's also a passion of mine. So I just get like jacked up when I talk about this kind of thing. Um, and this year for me has really been a year of creating a vision for my life. Um, so I want to talk about that. So, um, you know, we mentioned how we were able to make the leap and not a lot of people can do that. A lot of other people have to kind of set the vision, set um, the goal to reach it. And so can you talk through like what people can do to kind of get unstuck if they don't have that, epiphany aha moment, like we had where, where God was saying like, quit your job, <laughs> you know? And for us, it was so clear, like, okay, quit our job. And like, we're okay. Cause the way we're built, we're like, okay, Lord, like, I know you're going to provide and like, let's just do it. And plus we had, let's be honest, the safety net of our husbands. And even though it took some courage, we were lucky enough to, to have the ability to do that. So, um, what are some things that people can do to set that vision? You're probably going to
1: be like, really Laura? Um, I'm going to say it, write your obituary. I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's begin with the end in mind because our time on this earth is limited. Our eternal life is not. But I had a huge wake up call when um, someone, you know, dear to me passed away and that really gave me the pause of, like, I really visualized my funeral. and. What were people saying about me? Um, and and so from that exercise, I did, I wrote, I wrote my obituary, and then I even wrote a a ten year, a five year, and a one year vision statement. And really, it's it's, and you don't have to have all of the things figured out. It's for me, it was like i I closed my eyes and I visualized what I wanted life to look like. And for me, it's seeing, you know, ten years from now, me and a bunch of teenage boys hiking up the mountains together. And so uh, I need to be able to have a, a job that um, I can go anywhere in the mm-hmm. world and bring them with me if I want. My husband too. Yeah, he, <laughs>
0: too. <laughs> Let's not forget about him.
1: And and to have a life that's vibrant and full of energy and that requires me to nourish my body and take care of myself so that I can, um, you know, my, like my big, hairy, audacious goal is to um, raise collective consciousness in more people. And if more of us can wake up to the beautiful life that we have been given, I just think about how our world could be such a better place.
0: Mm.
1: And and so from that larger vision, you can just... And I, I don't claim to know all the... You know, I, I still struggle, right? I still have really some some dark winters. I mean, I had a dark winter when we found out we were pregnant with, with, with number four. I, I think I told you about this. I, yeah.
0: did,
1: I could not get out of bed. Like I would try and I was just, no. I mean, I, I then I slept into another depression and my husband and I had to work through our counseling, like about our marriage because we had not planned to have another child. and. I had I had to talk in mid to having the third, and so here he is, being like I was okay with two, Laura. Yeah. Now we're gonna have four. Yeah, that's double um, it. <laughs> and so, for me, my 2019 was was a winter, and when Crosby was born, um, December 23rd, <laughs> 2019, everything changed. I I heard God speak to me like you. Like, again, that's sort of like, you've been obedient, you haven't known what, what's in store for you, but everything like during my maternity leave, I was, I think I read probably 20 books, Erica, on purpose and like everything related to just all the things that light me up. And I've been step by step by step by step figuring out how I can bring that into form, you know, cause you're given ideas. But now how can you bring that into form? Yeah. And it's, I mean, you can tell I'm like, I'm emotional about it because I know it's, it's a calling. And, and I just, I want more people to feel, feel their life, go through their day, experiencing those moments. Like I look at my kids and I almost like get on the floor with them and try to see life through their eyes because it's beautiful. They're just Mm -hmm. playing. All the time and looking at things with such wonder that, yeah, I could go on and on, but I'd say to summarize, if if you can get in a a really good space where you have just a clear mind, write your obituary, write your 10-year mission statement.
0: Funny enough, I did my obituary. It was funny when we were starting to talk about this. I was like, I actually just wrote mine, which was <laughs> was awesome. So Laura's actually building a course right now, and so she's taking a few people through it, um, just as a test run. And I was a part of that, and I was like, sweet, I already did this, and I know it. It was really hard to sit down and actually do it because no one likes to think about that. That's not exciting, but it was. Um, there was something really beautiful about creating that story um, and creating um, what you want people to say about you um, and then looking at that and trying to align your life and your goals um, and your purpose with that. So like you said, it's a nice way to start um, crafting the message of your life and the the path of your life and then taking it into what do I want to do in 10 years from now? What do I want to do five years from now? what do i want my life to look like a year from now um and then like setting those monthly goals those weekly goals and try to figure out like how can i get to that one year goal how can then with my one year goal how does that roll up to my five and how does that five roll up to that 10 um and just little things like with faith and gather itself you know um just to be transparent it's it's been a battle like this is this is a dream that god has put on my life. And um, it's a dream that's going to hopefully affect, you know, thousands of women who knows millions of women one day, but um, it's, it's the baby steps and, and, you know, being a mom and then working a a quote unquote, as I like to say, real job. And then, you know, getting up early in the morning and staying up late at night to get things done. Um, You know, I only get a few hours a day to, 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 to work on really the path that God wants me to go. But then a week later, after I just keep with it and that consistency and have that drive and like I have my goals in place of my year, my five-year, my 10-year and like my ultimate of like this is what I want to be remembered for and how I want to grow the kingdom. Like I look back oh, every week and I'm like, wow, I actually got a ton done. Like it's crazy. And, and I look at it at the week ahead and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just get stressed out and anxious. And then by the end of the week, I'm like, oh, why was I even worried about it? Like I got it done. You know, mm-hmm. but and it but I was able to get it done because I had that long game in mind. You which have is-
1: to have a compelling future. Yeah. That's just it. you have to have a compelling future to draw you forward, to move you forward. And and so that's that's where if you don't have a compelling future, you're just gonna stay stuck. Yeah. Cause I I I ultimately believe that our our minds yeah are just they're such powerful tools and when we can close our eyes and and see our future there's and again I'm not going to quote this well but there's a lot of different you know science going on um in books I've read that um sometimes your brain doesn't know the difference of what actually happened and what what has happened in your mind yeah
0: yeah and I read so that
1: so there's something very powerful about um, really envisioning your future, mm-hmm. and um, and then if you write it down, it's like it's been proven. If you write something down, it's it's the, the likelihood of that actually happening increases. I mean, again, I don't know the stats. Yeah, on hand.
0: no, but it's it's exponential for sure. Yeah, I'm not. I don't I don't have the brain power. I've got mom brain going on today to remember a stat like that, but <laughs> that's the reality of life right now, right? But it is right. It's, it's right it's exponential. Like it goes up and it is all about like training your brain to believe that you can do it. Um, you also have done something great, which is um writing a manifesto. Oh yes. Which yes, is so cool. One, it's just beautiful. Um and I just love that you have the words to live by on there, um, you know, who you are, your your purpose in your life. And then my favorite is that you have scriptures to live by. I think really, yes, it's beautiful. She show, yeah, she's showing. yeah, she's showing it. Um, <laughs> just gorgeous. but um, those scriptures to live by, you know, setting the intention, I a story for from, from me is my husband and I chose this year for the first time ever, a word and then a verse to go along with the year. Uh-huh. And little did we know that it would really set the stage or the stage would be set for us this year on that. So our, our word going into this year that God was telling us was simplicity. Like it was just like simplify your life, like get rid of the junk, like just focus on the family. Um, And I'm a total science person. Like I just, it's probably too much to a fault. But um, during this time, like a month or two before I found at a park, a little fortune cookie um, piece of paper that was Mm -hmm. like your main priority next year or this year will be your family. Which so correlates with like hello, so it was like that added to it. Then simplicity, and then our verse was um, I'm going to forget the actual verse number, so I apologize. I think it's Matthew six twelve, but I've, I'll write that um, in in the show notes. But um, it's wherever your treasure is, your heart. Is also, and so it just so aligned with this year of you know simplicity because of what COVID. Um, and then you know, we really focused on our treasure, which our treasure for us was our family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. those, those words I mean, I guess the world kind of <laughs> aligned with it this year, but that still remained our focus as we were going through this craziness. So, setting that intention, even if it's as simple as a verse and a word for the year, if you don't want to take the time to do the obituary, you don't want to take the time and you just want to focus on this year, which I don't yes, make it so simple. but you One can make word. it as simple as that. Like I do recommend doing the long game, but like, if you don't have the time and you just, you're like, eh, I just want to start somewhere small, pick a word, pick a verse for the year, and then just follow that. And honestly, see where, where it guides you. Cause it'll be, mm-hmm. if you keep thinking about it, keep front and center, like it'll, it'll surprise you how that um, develops your life and keeps the focus.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, the, there, there's, there's power too to seeing something written every day too. So even if you have something that you can put like a post-it on your computer with a verse or with something that you just, you want to be like, I would write, I am an exceptional wife, mother, and friend. And I would say that every day. I'm an exceptional wife, mother, and friend. And guess what? I would start living into that. I would start making decisions that would cause me to say, "Ooh, if I do this, am I an exceptional wife? If yeah. I do this, am I an exceptional friend?" And it just gives me those guardrails to say, "Am I showing up the way that I want to?"
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I I think there there's something to be said to if we can have some of these like mental triggers. So I listen to a lot of Brendan Bouchard, and one thing I've taken from him is back back when we actually used to work in offices. <laughs> Anytime that you would walk into a room, I would think to myself, I'm here to serve. And I, I, at every door, I'm 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 ready and here to serve. And when you know, you, you know remember like you would walk into meetings and you're so frazzled and you got this on your brain and this on your brain and this I was just like calm how how am I going to serve these people in this room? And it's amazing what can happen when, when you can get those mental triggers. Just, I know other people that do it at like stoplights. So at every time that they have stopped at a red light, they have a mantra or they have a verse or something that just centers them.
0: That reminds me right now in the current state of being home. So I don't have, don't have the office, um, But I have the home, which is an area where like it's chaotic and crazy. And I think a lot of the women who are listening can relate to that. And then taking that moment to pause, breathe, and say like, I'm here to serve or whatever your mantra is, whatever your verse is, taking a moment to just pause, Mm -hmm. take a breath, and remind yourself of that and set the attention.
1: My other one with the kids is respond, don't react. Respond, (laughs) don't react.
0: And I just like, okay, how can I help you?
1: Right? Like versus attack, attack,
0: attack. Yes. Because you just have all those emotions. You know, you get so just frazzled easily and you got to center yourself and doing things like the vision and the mission and setting the verses and the words really centers yourself and focuses you on what is really important.
1: And honestly, like one of, one of mine too, is to raise boys who love themselves their creator and their family who serve others lead by example and do their best every day of their lives. What an amazing mission it could be to if I didn't even if I didn't have my work over here, if I feel called like that is my calling to raise these boys, that is a fine calling. Right? I think so many times women are so hard on themselves to say, well I have to be doing all the things. No, you don't. You need to listen. To what God's saying, what's important in your life, and yes, you probably will have seasons, but I think we are so hard on ourselves. And sidebar: I have stopped um, scrolling, so I don't even scroll anymore. Uh, the only time I go on Instagram, I post something and I don't scroll. Same thing on Facebook. Just to stay, stay out there, stay, stay. You know, connected to family and friends. But it has been the best thing for my mental health to stop scrolling.
0: I love that, Laura. And I've actually done the exact same thing. You know, I will for uh, Faith and Gather and I will, I I have on Facebook, I have, um, you know, my groups. I guess I really set. Oh yes. I, I
1: do. I do the groups and I will, I'm not perfect. I will set, you know, I'll say like, I'll actually put a timer on my phone and I'll say, okay, Laura, for 10 minutes, just
0: consume and then you're done. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I think like, yeah, social media is great. It just can really mess with your mind and, and your confidence. And, um, I'm very aware of like having other opinion, other people's opinions set my world, um, and my focus. And so that's why I don't do a ton of scrolling either. So like, you know, to have this, to stay on track with your mission, your vision, and like God's path for you, like, you know, go in and edit the heck out of your Facebook and your Instagram and really only choose like uplifting um, organizations and people that really support like where you want to go in life because you can so easily get off track and you can so easily get consumed with those messages, especially nowadays, um, and getting you off track of like God's vision for your life. And the world can instill fear in you. He will not instill fear in you. Um, the world will instill fear in you and then self-doubt. And that's not... That's not what should be happening. You really need a place of encouragement. You need people to support you and have a community. And so you can set that intention. You can set that focus. And you focus. can create
1: it yourself. I mean, there's a couple of women that I send these little voice memos to as, as just a, hi, you know, wanted to say, you know, speaking thinking about you and I'm, you know, here to encourage you. And I mean, what, am, and then I'm now sometimes receiving those types of encouraging notes myself, because I I gave first, right? You have to give, give, give in order to receive. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, it's, it's been a learning, um, a big learning to, there's some wonderful friends I have from high school and college, but I sometimes have to choose who I'm, who I'm going to give my energy to. Mm-hmm. And, and if you realize that there are certain people in your life that after you engage with them, you feel worse about yourself, then maybe it's time to, to check about how much time you're giving those people in your life. My 2020 has been brought with brand new friendships and, and they're all rooted in faith. They're all rooted in faith. And so I just, I'm so thankful for that, that that has been. Um, it's sort of part of my reawakening after uh, after Crosby's been born is that God is really doing a lot of work in my heart
0: that's beautiful. would you say that um so one and the same we have a, we have Laura and I have quite the parallel path which is so amazing because really up until just a few months ago we weren't very connected as much as we are right now um But would you say that setting your vision and intention helped with that? Because with me, I starting in the past few months, really that became my vision and intention. And as soon as I set that, it's like I just started seeking it out or it started seeking me out. Um, And so I'm wondering, I guess, if that's kind of the same with you.
1: you mean after I wrote my vision statement? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was that a part of your vision statement? Have finding people that aligned really with that faith values and, um, where you're going now. I
1: I initially did my first vision statement in 2015. And funny enough, I spent a good two days. I remember being home with, uh, the little guy and maternity leave. I said, you know what? I said, we're going to go, we're going to, go back to, to what, what our, our vision is for the next 10 years. And I re- reread the one from five years ago. and like, first of all, crazy how, how some of the things had already come true. And there were some things that we changed because I realized that um, in the past, I thought I would be continuing in the recruiting field. And it's very clear to me that while recruiting has been an amazing vehicle for me, that um, that's not my next 10 years and that's okay and I I had to like kind of mourn that Mm -hmm. um but I'd say that after I rewrote the vision statement it's crazy the things that started happening the people who came into my life and the doors that started opening
0: that's amazing so talking about people we've mentioned you know having a network we've mentioned you know surrounding yourself with people um who really lift you up and kind of ridding yourself of the people that don't. Um, I know we've, this is part of some of your training and your course as well. And I've done a little bit of this um, with other, with other um, classes and courses, but you talked about reaching out to people um, and creating sort of um, what I call like a break book. So I was taught that it's a, you know, have a break book. And so if you, you, you get, um, Encouragement or support from somebody, you get get a great compliment. You write it down in this break book. Or if you do something amazing, or know that you're you're great at something, you write it down in the break book. And so you have something that kind of aligns with that as well um, in your course.
1: Yeah. So it's it's really um, in the intention of it's so hard to see ourselves the way others see us, and a lot of times. And talking to thousands and thousands of job seekers and interviewing people over the last 15 years, people will say, like, oh, I, that's not that's not a big deal. And I'll have to stop them and say, No, not everyone has this skill. Like, this is an amazing thing that you do that you need to realize that it's exceptional. And they sit back and they're like, Oh, you know, and so what I have people do is I have them text. 10 people or email or call and ask them what you believe my number one gift is. And that puts them in this state of receiving from all of these people hearing about what they perceive their number one gift to be. And, and then you kind of sift through it and you're like, wow, it, it allows someone to, to, I think then realize, okay, this, this is a gift. And, and I, I like to use the word gift because I don't believe they're mine. I believe they come from God. Amen. Like And so my ability to do something, I heard this from John Maxwell once, um, that after he gave this amazing speech to, I think I mean, it was like thousands and thousands of people, someone saw him right afterwards. And because everyone was like thanking him, it was like, it was him. And he said, no, you know, it's God working through me. And I was like, that just resonated with me so much that it's like, yeah. So I am constantly in this state of gratitude for, like, like thank you, God, for giving me this ability to, you know, whatever it is for that for that day. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you, because what I know to be true, and I I know people have probably heard this, but you can't be angry and grateful at the same time. And so, if you want to change your state like, boom, think of something you're grateful for. And right now I am just so grateful to have a beautiful home, have a roof, have food, and to be able to provide a loving home for my boys.
0: What more is there? Totally agree. And I think the beauty, I hate to say the beauty of of COVID, but that that was a beauty in this year. You know, you really do, um, I think the darkest of times, are sometimes the easiest times to really find what you're grateful for because it's just so in your face of like oh wow like something so simple is something i'm so grateful for to have right now food family and love in a relationship with god like that's those are really the things that have kept me through this season you know and shelter as well and um and even if you don't have a few of those like there's there's always something that you can be grateful for which is really really helps with um just moving forward, especially when you have those tough days when you're trying to follow this mission and this vision for your life for sure. And I, so going back to when you were talking about the skills, so something I heard the other day, a woman said and, and this may ring f- true for you as well with your experience with recruiting. but most of the time what people think is so easy to them, so easy and like, oh well, anybody can do it, is actually their skill in the area that they need to pursue. Because it's easy for them because that is the skill and that is the talent and the calling that God has placed on your life. But to you, you don't think it's anything or worth anything because it's just, oh, well, yeah, I can do that, but anybody can. No, not everybody can do that. And so um, I guess I want to go to, you've mentioned before, journaling, which I have to be honest. I keep hearing journal, 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 and I don't journal. Like I'm, I'm so just with the wrapped up with my schedule and everything by the end of the night, I'm just so tired, which would have like, that would be the time for me to do it. So I need to take this step as what I'm saying. If you guys aren't doing journaling, don't feel bad. I'm not doing journaling as well, but I believe that you need to. So can you talk through like journaling? Cause for me, it's, where do I even start? I guess by me doing it at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't even know where to start. What are the things I even talk about? Like, do I journal about my faith? Do I journal about God? Do I journal about my hopes and dreams? Um, do you have any advice on what you should be journaling about? Or is it kind of a free-for-all?
1: I think you, like anything, you start off really small. And maybe if the end of the night doesn't work for you, maybe it's part of your one of your morning rituals. And it could be three sentences of like what you're hearing that morning. And again, I'm not very good at this either because I've got so much going on with four boys. Um, But when I feel really anxious, I try to go into my little corner and just say like, okay, you talk, I write. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm letting God talk to me and I'm just writing. And sometimes it's really trippy because I'll go back and read it. A couple days
0: later, I'm like wow i am so brilliant <laughs> how did i come up with that <laughs> you're like well i didn't it wasn't yeah, me <laughs> it wasn't no
1: and it's just kind of like i just let go and surrender and just whatever comes out comes out and sometimes it's just two sentences and that's that's it
0: okay that makes me feel better cuz to me i feel like i'm going to have to fill up like a whole page oh. of stuff and I just don't have the time or energy for that, I guess. I, I should. I should set the intention to have the time and energy. And um, I guess in my head, so I, I'm very much like a compartmentalizer. Like I have to kind of compartmentalize things. And so for me, like when I wake up in the morning, it's like, okay, I wake up, I work out, I do my devotions and then I do, you know, some of the the side business stuff and then go into my, my, my real day. And um, I think for me, devotions to me is like, read the Bible, read my actual devotion, um, and then do prayer. Would you consider journaling like a part of that time?
1: I do. I would. Yeah.
0: And maybe you don't
1: even need to, and and I don't, I don't think you need to like feel bad because maybe this is your, like this podcast is your form of journaling because you're able to voice the things that are going on in your head. Um, and like what a gift, for your children 20 years from now to go back and listen to their mom. Right?
0: Yeah, that's super cool.
1: Like, that's what I think about how, how cool it's going to be for you know, to have a lot of this these digital recordings. You know, because sometimes you think about years and years ago, if someone had a journal, that was what they left behind. That was everything that they, they learned in their lifetime if they hadn't written a book. So I think this is a form of ex- expression. in the the podcast version. So Mm -hmm. I, I would leave it up to you to decide like what, and there might be different, again, different seasons of like how you want to let it out. Cause I think that's what, what what it all is. It's like, if you don't release certain things, that energy gets like trapped in your body. And so much of what, you know, we're needing to do is, is heal. And I think journaling is a form of healing just as so many other, like there's, there's a million and one ways to heal ourselves. Some people do it through meditation. Some people do it through yoga. Some people do it by running up a hill 10 times. (laughs) I mean, like
0: some people do Reiki and I mean, there's a million things to do. So it makes me think like, um, one just kind of recapping, like setting, Getting those words out, whether that's the written word, whether that's the spoken word. I mean, I'm just thinking that you could like video yourself at the beginning or the end of the day and just or just do notes, like yeah. notes on your phone and talk through it. That for me would be so much easier, which is so funny because I'm a writer by nature. And I think that's why to me it feels a little more chore-ish to journal because that's what I do for a living. Um, even though I love it, it's my passion, it's the purpose God gave me. Um I think speaking it out would be a lot easier and lighter for me. And so that could be for anybody else, just finding that avenue, that medium of like how they could get it out and make it feel better. And I think um, what I'm hearing us kind of talk about is like pausing. I think so often in today's world, even when most of us are stuck at home with a family, I think our lives got busier because there's kids who are not in school. There's less time for you know you to have that quiet And um, I think really setting that intention for that time to just sit back and reflect because without sitting back and reflecting, you're not going to be able to hear from God and you're not going to be able to have him guide this path of like this mission and this vision. And I will say like I created a vision board this year. um, And it's not the first time I've ever done it, but it's the first time I've ever actually like followed through with it. Nice, really like had it, I mean, I have it up on the wall in my, in my bedroom and it probably drives my husband nuts. Cause he's like, oh my gosh, this, this woman's crazy. She's got this <laughs> ginormous vision board up in our bedroom. But really, I mean, it has in there my, my five main goals for the year. And it's amazing. I've already checked off two of them.
1: That's amazing.
0: Two of them. And I had a whole year to get them done. I mean, the it's mine is from August to August and, um, I, it's amazing how like just being there, I can see it every day and I'm setting that intention. But um, with that mission and vision that I created for this year, I prayed over it. So before I even started, I really prayed and asked God, like, where do you want me to go? What What is it that you want me to do? Here is what I know that I love to do. Here is like what I know that like I, where I would be happy or feel fulfilled, um, in a year from now, but like, really like, what does that look like to you? And kind of then put it pen to paper when he spoke to me. And then after I had it out on the board and I, I totally did old school with like the magazines and like printing off and all of that, which yes, was super yes. Um, there's something cathartic about that, you know, just like, there's something really like therapeutic yes. about that. And so, um, when that was done and it was on paper, I just prayed over it and I still look at it and I still pray over it. And because I can see it, you know, every night while I'm there lying awake and kind of like downloading on the day to kind of set myself into a sleep mode, um, if I can get there, (laughs) but like that looking at that and like praying over it and saying, okay, Lord, like this is, this was my day today. This is where I want to go. Um, please set my next day with the, you know, good intentions to go where you want to lead me. And if those visions change throughout the year, then they change throughout the year. And I can change that. I mean, I already have, um, <laughs> talk about obedience and vision and all that stuff. Um, Faith and Gather was actually two other names before Faith and Gather. Um, and so it's you know just like he will, and so on my vision board, it says OPL, which the company at first was called Our Pineapple Life. And so I'm just like, whatever, I'll just cross it out that doesn't mean my vision's changed at all. It just means that like God is guiding me with a different name. And like, as the type A person in me, I'm like, Oh, I hate that. Like I just, (laughs) I wrote it down. Like it needs to remain that. Cause I've just like, I got to complete it like it is. And Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. God will guide you with your mission and vision, but like he will also guide you to change that. And you need to be open to that. Like you had said, Laura, like you went back to your tenure plan and was like, "Uh uh-uh, like that's not, it for me anymore, but that's okay. Like the vision you had to get you to where you were going to that 10 year, got you to then Mm -hmm. your next goal of the 10 year. And so it's all, all good. If you just keep, keep going and keep following his promptings and listening and being obedient, but also making sure that like you are the creator of your life, but you can only find that purpose through the creator. Oh, that's so good
1: that that's what Oprah would say. That's a tweetable moment. Oh, Erica. I love it. I love it. I think
0: that's the first time I've ever been compared to Oprah. So I'm going to just put a pin in that and stick it on the wall. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. But really like, that's what it is. Like you are the creator of your life, but you will only find purpose if you, you live it through the creator. Like that's, that's it. That's it. Like I've, I've lived my life before. I've sent my own visions and they never work. And it's not like you're not going to um, face opposition when you have a vision from God. Because I will tell you, these past two weeks have been some of the hardest weeks of my life, just emotionally and physically with a lack of sleep and um, just a lot of spiritual warfare. Because if Satan knows that you're doing something good um, and you're doing something for the kingdom of God, or you're doing something that like will, will help um, bring others to God, or just really just What you're supposed to do, being on the right track, he will try to take you down. And so that is why I think like pulling it all together is like, you need that community. You need to be grounded in like what you're good at. You need to have this vision of like, no, I'm going back to one of these past couple of weeks when it's been hard. Like, no, this was the original vision that God gave me and he's continuing to give this to me. And so like, I know these things that are happening are just happening because there's a spiritual warfare going on here and I'm not going to let it keep me down. And, and it's tough, but like, you just, it's like setting that focus gets you through those tough days. And I think, um, it's so important to have your, your girlfriends. It's so important to have, you know, the family, if you can. And then also like, we didn't mention this, but like Laura, like coaching, hello, like to have somebody who like you that can help, um, help guide that vision and that purpose. If you don't, if you don't have an idea of really where even to start, like find a coach. There's a ton of affordable coaches out there and there's a ton of high-end coaches out there, depending on like what you're looking for and different types of coaches, um, for different areas of life of what you want to focus on. Like, it doesn't have to be career. It can be family. It can be, um, I don't know anything that you want to be good at and then set your skill in. Like there's coaches everywhere for that. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think making sure that you, you
1: that's it. That's huge, Erica, because I, I haven't always had employers that have invested in me, but I've always invested in me. And I've spent a lot of money over the years, a lot of money. And my husband would say, really, we need to spend money on that course or that or that training. I'm like, yes, we do. And it's always paid off, like tenfold. I always say like, put a dollar in me and then I'll produce like a hundred.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm the same, Laura. Seriously. <laughs> One and the same. We're like kindred spirits because I'm the same. I'm like in that self-help aisle, like all the time. Like if you, you look at my bookshelf, it's like how-to books or like, um, setting the intention or like right now I have Dr. Carolyn Leaf on my, my nightstand where it's like, um, think, learn and succeed, like how to live your best life. And like, rewiring your brain and your thoughts and like all that stuff, but that is totally it. Like, that's what you have to do. It sounds so woo woo, which fits with me. Cause I'm a total wooer, but even if you're not like, there is science behind this stuff about like setting intentions. And like, if you look at the people who are successful in life, like they set the intention, they have the vision and like, you can't, you can sit around and say that you want something and that's great. And you can have that. Like, it's fun to dream, like totally dream. But if you really want it to happen, then you have to set these goals. You have to set the vision. You have to set the course to get it done because it's not going to get it done. Like you have to be so solid in that. Absolutely. Um, And if you're not, then find the guidance for it. You know, find that number one, go to the word. Number one, like go to God, go to Jesus, like go to your, do your faith, you know, be very grounded in your faith and then, you know, start writing things out and, 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 and Go to these groups and these people, get a coach, and then really like start guiding and writing it and see, you know, once you have it down, like praying over it and seeing how it just develops. You know, there's just, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And like, and a
1: lot, like, lot of times you know that what you think you're going to start, you're going to do after you begin, it changes. Yeah. And so if you're waiting to have it all perfect,
0: yes, be waiting man. forever. It's you have to start. You have to to start. You guys, I launched Truth and Gather was the company. I launched it, set it out (gasps) on social media. Three days later, I changed the name. Like three days later, because God told me like, this is like, you're not being obedient. Like I told you, like, you need to give it a different name. And like, how like vulnerable is that having to go back and be like, oh, yay, this baby that I just announced to everybody. Like, guess what? We have a new name three days later. Like... (laughs) Come on Erica, like you only 3 days like you didn't have this prepared, but it's like no, you have to just you have to just roll with it. You got to you got to roll with it. You got to do baby steps and like you um the one thing that I love um that Rachel Hollis says is like you what is it? Like you're going to suck. You're going to mm. suck when you start. Like you are. Oh, for sure. She and for sure I forgot forgot what book it was, but she's like if you scroll back to my old Instagram, like you have to go like a couple years back. She's like it stunk. Like it looked bad. So I did, I went back and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like terrible compared to what she does now. But if she didn't start and she didn't stink at it and she didn't like try things out, then how could she have gotten to where she is right now? You know, like people love being coached by her and she's sold like millions and millions of books. So it's just like, you have to do these baby steps. Like every day, like I said earlier, it's like you you set the intention for that week, see what you can do, see like all that you can get done. Cause I face it every day really is like, here's my to-do list. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot. That just seems like too much. I'm not going to get it done. And then I review it at the end of the day and I'm like, wow, I got a lot of that done. And the stuff I didn't ended up not being a priority. Exactly. Yeah. So so cool. This has been amazing, Laura. I just, uh, you are such a great woman of God. You have so much knowledge. You're fabulous. So, I am assuming that the women listening to this would love to connect with you um, and love to hear more about what you're doing. Where can they find you on social media um, and get more information if they're ever interested in, in interacting with you a little bit more?
1: Well, I hope we can just put all this in the show notes. Absolutely. Right? I
0: yeah. will. They'll be there. That's a-
1: what is my handle? I think it's just Laura E. King. I'm a big on LinkedIn. She Laura is, you King. guys. She
0: is the LinkedIn guru. So if you're looking, if, you, if you're a career gal and you're looking for like, oh, how do I do LinkedIn right? Laura is your gal. And I'm sure she'd be happy to chat with you about it too.
1: And I don't have an exact date, but eventually there will be something at Lauraeking.com.
0: Love it. And it'll be soon because she's taking baby steps, you guys. I'm taking
1: baby steps. I'm going to have a course about activating your life and career. It's all baby steps right now. I'm not going to lie. It's scary. It always is. But I know that this is the right path because every time it's like I have that peace and like, you know, when your heart swells up, when you think about it and how all the, all the lives that you're going to impact, it's like, oh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love it. And yeah, that's right. I mean, everybody has, everybody in them has that ah, uh, like that piece, that place, like that God wants you to find that. And so like take these steps with your mission, your vision, your manifesto, your obituary, your 10 year, five year, one year, your, your one word, your one verse, whatever it is, whatever works for you. I mean, there's so many different avenues that you can go, whatever that is, you can find that, ah, uh, That Laura was talking about because it's in every single one of us just you got to do a little work you got to seek it out but like he wants to give it to you and and it's there for you awesome well thank you so much Laura oh such a pleasure Erica thank you thank you so much congratulations to saying yes to yourself fill it up your cup feed in your soul If you want more, head over to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the goodies mentioned in today's podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep you faith-inspired.